You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang, or should we say Rivervale gang? Who can say? Welcome back to something that we are critically commenting and and watching along uh, here on the occupied Coast Salish territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Uh, We're Chloe and Ryan, and we're here again this week. We were just saying that we don't have anything scintillating to say, but we don't really have any complaining to do. What a strange episode. I feel like I'm in the middle of a a season of a different show. I'm in the middle of a different season of a different show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Although we were just saying that it does seem like Archie is in fact dead in the picture, at least literally not in the picture. The one, yeah, the the one creepy off thing from last week is still creepy off. It's jarring. Um, yeah, I'm. What a strange episode, Chloe. Um, Yeah. Just out of left field, everything. Yeah. Um. A bold choice for Tony, also. Yes. Um. It makes me wonder or maybe hope that we're going to see a series of uh, Riverdale cryptids out of our lead characters. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, because opening with uh, with the sacrificial Archie was, you know, bold choice. Making Tony La Llorona, also yeah. bold choice. But, like... I don't know. Is Veronica Mammon demon of greed? I I'll take it. I want uh, something. <laughs> I something. I have to say, I did think the choices with the car were fun. Yeah, I. Oh, you're right. I I was more intrigued by Reggie's subplot. I was surprised how much I enjoyed the creepy Reggie subplot. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that they've grown and gained senti- sentience and self awareness of their own for season one shenanigans. That was cathartic. Yeah. The, yes. Oh gosh, that is that is that is a meta meta commentary thing. I feel we should co- talk on. Um, yeah. They recognized Miss Grandy was a bad idea. Yeah, it's funny. Like I did, I do think it's a it's it is a story to unpack in media. Yes, it can be. Um. I preferred this one. Yeah, I prefer this one too. Even though it was possessed car. I, I preferred Possessed Car to whatever Miss Grundy was. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciated that the writer's room were, like, willing to make themselves vulnerable and make a comment on earlier choices that they had made. Yes, that they accept regrets, question mark? Yeah. Regrets. You know what just occurred to me as well, actually, with Tony's storyline is I don't think we've seen Tony do a ton of morally ambiguous stuff. Yes, like we've never we've never seen it framed as morally ambiguous. We've always been ethically with Tony. Like she, yeah. when she was with Cheryl, yeah, they ran gang wars. Yeah, they ran a gang. Oh yeah, um, I about that. But I didn't feel like we were positioned to judge them. Yes, yes, there there was exactly. Now I I would say we sometimes are presented Cheryl with moral with weightier moral quandaries like they allow her to be bad mm-hmm. but i don't know that their actual behavior is so much more different as as the character situating if that makes sense yes i think it does um mm-hmm. and yeah i i i just di- don't feel like i've seen tony mm. do 
she's done a ton in the show. I do yes. feel like the character has done stuff. Give especially it, in the fifth, mm-hmm. it, in the most recent season. Yeah. Um, but regrets. But, yeah, like, difficult, life-altering decisions. I feel like I haven't seen a ton of those for Tony, where mm, mm. she... She really gets a chance to be upset about something that she's done, which is a treat for an actor, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. No, that's that's a very good point. And um, you know, a, a lot of our a lot of our critiques of Tony's handling in past seasons, um, really, in retrospect now, and in contrast to what this season is and last season have allowed her to do, um, I I see some tokenizing aspects of past plot lines where she was invulnerable to moral question. Like she was a character who we yeah. we, we, mm-hmm. we were not the show did not feel like a question, uh, and in that you you're robbed of a, a very deep dynamic and option with the character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it was nice to see them let her be a person a bit. Yeah, even though she's now not a person. Even though she's now not I'm, a person. But she's a cool not a person. They were human choices, even if it was like very. In genre, but also new genre. <laughs> yes, in you know? this whatever genre. Um, yeah. God um, dang, Betty. Yeah. Rolling with the punches, I guess? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, that was very, like, everything... That was the thing about this episode <laughs> that I thought was... One of the things I found the most compelling about this mm-hmm. episode is that no one is troubled by what happened to Archie. Yes, yes. And they make it clear that it's happened several times over. Yeah. But Betty's just casually, normally talking about pregnancy. And then not? And then not, yeah. But it's all just kind of like, huh, stuff going on. Yeah. I would be interested to see if she gets her fetus back now that Tony is... Points, points. In, in the river. Yes, that's a fine question. Um, that hopefully next week will answer us. Um, like, I guess I, I guess uh, an Antichrist Archie baby could be an interesting direction, if that's... Well, that's sort of where I assumed we were going. Actually, yeah. what I thought from the trailer is that because the devil is mentioned in the trailer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought I thought that Betty was going to make, like, a deal with the devil to get pregnant. Oh, I Sabrina thought, style. Or that the devil was going to possess her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or something. That That's what I sort of expected from the show. Mm-hmm. So I, like, which, like, the my, the fact that my expectation was not live up to does not upset me at all. Yes. Um, this isn't, like, a more interesting <laughs> choice. Um, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm conf- I don't know about I'm Betty. confused where I sit and how to situate myself as a viewer after that episode. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I feel... Like I have a sense of um, momentum for the next few weeks, at least. I'm 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 getting increasingly interested to see how they reboot, what they reboot, yeah. what is and isn't kept of this story fragment, like what what if anything will have consequence or even reference. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I am curious as well. I'm also Mm. curious about what the status of the storytelling is now, because the Mm. Jughead in the story Mm -hmm. is not the Jughead who's narrating. Oh. Have you noticed that? Oh, yep. That's a fine point. Right. Um, He's been an extracted cabaret character, kind of a, a figure. 
Yeah, like the Jughead that they're presenting us with in the narrator is like very all-knowing. Yeah. I'm very not, sarcastic, yeah. very brash. Well, yeah, I guess we're going to see what happens next here. An omnipotent host. Yeah, and the Jughead in of the story is like mm. very it's a lot softer now. Like he's lost a lot of his edge in some ways. Yes. Not and not a criticism. I think it's a fine characterization. Yes. Now, his and his and Tabitha's through line as well. Um I thought we saw some great acting from the actor who plays Tabitha, whose name I've forgotten, yes. even though I can Aaron, follow her on Instagram. Aaron West, Westbrook? Yes, I think that's right. Um, um, I thought she I thought she had some really good acting. Yes, and and the, I feel like in their arc, they really hit the um, haunting in the House of the Hill kind of a, a slow possession, slow horror, de-sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I, felt, I felt the genre vibes, and I recognized the story and the genre I was with in them this time. More, more and more. Um, it is interesting to me that you know we had we had there's a sharp shift from Archie's story, Cheryl's story to um, Reggie's story and um, and Tony's story today, and then we have this um, this steady couple plodding along through both episodes. I guess it, I'm looking for symmetry and balance, mm-hmm. but um, in the storytelling, I'm I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if it will be a, a sequence of Rivervale cryptids emerging. That at the end is, like, Jug and Tabitha, last one standing? I don't know. Or how they will tell their stories differently. Um, oh, yeah. I wonder. I, so who do you think is next, then? I'm hoping for Veronica. Okay. I'm hoping to see some good meat for Veronica next episode. Um, the, the continuance of... Past past episode Veronica her and, her and Reggie's dynamic from last episode also a couple dynamic but this episode was not solidly on them in the same way I, you know it wasn't about the relationship it was about the the plot arc of Reggie hooked by ghost car maybe oh or yeah am I am no, I extrapolating no I think you're right um. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I think Veronica I we'll would, be, would be a good next choice. I agree. There's the most... Um, I feel like they've done the least with her yet out of in these two episodes. Um, and they've, they've laid some seeds with her. Um, uh, I Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I, I'm hoping that's our next big um, push. Because we have three weeks left. We're going to see Sabrina at some point. Um, presumably one of those weeks will bring things together. Um, so we got another week or two of escalation. Yeah. That we can expect of the weird. And does this wrap up in three weeks? Or is this like, or is this actually a... Is this life now? Yeah. Is this Riverdale's Vales? Is it just going to become Stranger Things? Or are we just on the, the the flip side or the other side? Or the Stranger side? Things is continuity. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> actually is pretty good continuity. That's a good point. Yes. All right. Should we leap in here, Ryan? Let's jump into the abyss. All right. Um, because there's a real, a real sweet genre watch in play here. Um, uh, yeah, ghost stories. I, I, I didn't require so much um, guiding into what this world is as I did last time. Um, mm. It, it worked well for me as a standalone, even as ridiculous as it is. Standalone horror. Yeah. All right, shall, shall we? we video? Okay, Got ready, gang? Queued up. Three, two, one. Ba-doom. Oh, hang ba. on. We're stopping. We're going to mute. 
Yep. We're going back to the beginning. Hold that thought. Please go back to the beginning, Riverdale gang. We don't want to get sued. We don't want to play you any audio. Ready? Three, two, one. There's the Badoom. The silent Badoom we wanted. The silent Badoom. Uh, and the horrible sound of Warner Brothers. Um, our narrator, Jughead... I, so, okay, I, I, I didn't really watch Twilight Zone much when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot of parodies, a lot of, like, it was already a pop culture touchstone that was reference, I feel yeah. like, when I bothered to get onto the horror train. Um, so is, like, I, I'm wondering, is this Twilight Zone? Oh, Or is there something question. else here? I've only ever seen a couple, I've, my, um, uh, my dad and my uncle really like the Twilight Zone, like mm-hmm. the old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of episodes described to me, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think you're right. I think that is one of the genres they're playing with here. Mm-hmm. Framing story. Well, first we're in West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, this was, this, Ryan and I weren't sure what to do here. Yep. I didn't know what I was Initially. doing, who I was, where I was. Um, I felt so disoriented from anywhere we've been in Riverdale in a while. And then we move on from the the Romeo and Juliet. It's just prologue. Yeah, and it's it's so in the background the Romeo and Juliet stuff. Yep. Like he dies, and then she is one of the kids that is killed. Yes. In this episode. Yeah, she Mercutius was him. Yeah. Um, I am. Yeah, we. Bleh. Tony, yeah, Tony, I'm lost in Tony's emotions. I'm emotions i mean the thing i appreciated is that we didn't get like a trial drama out of this yes yes um the murder is not legally drawn out yeah and people die in riverdale apparently yeah but yes it's about her response and responsibility and sense of guilt like we've seen tony in a lot of gang fights before there's like is this the first person who has died at her hand emotionally it strikes that way. But the last five weeks, there's a lot of people her and Cheryl could have killed. <laughs> For valid reasons. Yeah. Yes. At times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. I didn't know we were going with Jughead and Tabitha's storyline initially. I was like, mm. is this going to be like, happy couple, and then something else creepy happens. Mm. But the fact that they're framing it as Jughead sort of being like a self-centered creative person yeah was i thought interesting i will say as someone who's a writer that lying on the couch and staring into space is actually a very key part of <laughs> of arriving in a creative space i i did feel for Jughead <laughs> a little here but i've i've said that before on the show i empathize with this character a lot yes and we you know <laughs> we see tabitha's perspective of coming home from a full shift running your business yeah. To your artist, your artist boyfriend, who you haven't said I love you to yet, apparently, but you yeah, live with. That was odd. Pouring was scotch down the drain. That was a surprise for me that they hadn't said I love you to each other yet. Yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting about this episode, mm-hmm. in retrospect, is all the little minor characters you need that sort of just seem to turn up exactly when you need them. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a social worker. There's this guy who sells him a car. Yes, and very um. I, I didn't I didn't catch the spooky vibe. It was cheery normal. Yeah. Um, which I guess this this show can camouflage its spooky real well yeah. in its bubblegum. Because I'm I'm never entirely sure which genre they're playing into or adding on to. Like we have a default world that is Riverdale, 
but then the act of choice to make it messed up. Mm-hmm. And river veil it. To veil it. It does interest me that we learn that there were, in fact, two predatory teachers at Riverdale High. Yeah. This, provided this one is... Actually predatory? Pro, well, provided that this one is not a feature of Rivervale. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I can't think of any examples of this story, but I feel like it feels folky. The mm. ghost car, haunted car, ghost in the car... Like, um, I guess I liked in this episode that I didn't feel direct allegory to, you know, Midsommar from last week. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, that might be a me thing. I'm, I'm not a huge horror buff. And, um, I, I especially haven't watched a great deal of this psychological thriller horror. The, um, the, uh, The Shining, for example. The, the, uh, Stephen King style. Um... But I got those, I got those vibes. I got the, um, the good tingles of the, the thriller horror, uh, from what I have seen with, with a lot of this episode. Once I gave up on knowing where I am and who I am and what I'm doing, and I just accepted that this is, this is what they're giving us right now, world-wise. Yeah. This is where we are. In a secret room. Yeah. So this is a plot, uh, by the way, you're going to hear my cat, um, in the kitty litter in, over the mm-hmm. next few... Uh, moments, because, um, I live with cats, and we don't record in a recording studio. We love um, cats. I have seen this trope, I think, in media before, of, like... Secret room? The people who lived in the apartment before. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen the, the secret room trope told as, like, m- late millennial chat, mm-hmm. Reddit spook story... Uh, I think more than once, even. Uh, some, like, maybe a straight actual story, because weird things happen on Reddit. Sometimes you find another room. That's where it would be, that story. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, the, there's almost a unevolved creepypasta subculture, where I think a lot of these folk stories are bubbling right now. Mm, um, interesting. I didn't know that. No, uh, so... This, yeah. I have to say, I found very creepy. Yes, yes. This was um, a real commitment to to the the living walking eldritch. Like yes. Like like there's we pre- we spent a lot of time pretending it could be normal last episode before it was clearly not. Yeah. Here, uh, she's emerging from the lake. Yeah. Right out the gate. I found this sequence with Cheryl. Oh, yes. Juniper and, like, Dagwood coming in, being so convinced it's their mother. Yes. I found that very... And this, like, creepy figure leaning over this child in the bath. Yes. I found... I have to say, I found all this very creepy. This got me. I agree. It was very affecting and effective. Um, And, like... They pluck Cheryl right out of her her scheme into a real emotional problem. Um, which is quite a, quite a character beat for her to step into after last week. Um, yeah. And I, oh, yeah, I always you... rem- love like, these mo- little moments where we, we tie together this weird, weird family. Like the fact I that she's... I was just thinking that, yeah. She's negotiating childcare with Alice. Like everything else going on, her and Alice are still like... Sharing a Google Calendar schedule or something in this. Yeah, and Cheryl does that really have three children. Like, she looks after Nana Rose, 
Not yep. to infantilize the elderly, but there is a lot of overlap in terms of duties of care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's been a primary elder carer since, for seasons now, since yeah. Tony lived with her in high school. Yeah. Yeah, so Betty just sort of casually mentions it would be nice to name it Archie, obviously. Or yeah. Or Holly, who's also dead, we know for sure. Or maybe not, we're thinking now. I mean... I mean, it's not Polly, but I, yeah. in this moment. I feel like she's for sure, yeah, she's for sure dead, but I, I, I was, I was hoping she would pop back in as La Llorona. Um. There's a beautiful song <laughs> called La Llorona that's actually twice on the Frida soundtrack. Oh, um, oh, that's where I, I, I recognize it. I don't know it's the same... I don't think it's the same trope. I could be wrong. I really don't know. I mean, it's... Um, beautiful song, though. I've certainly heard of the the figure. I've I've heard of the um, this character mainly in um, uh, Latin, uh, Latino-American, Spanish-American, like, USA-based storytelling, because yeah. that's where I get the English storytelling with, uh, with a lot of um, Latinx uh, cultural basis. Um, so I'm thinking like Mexican American storytelling, the 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 southern uh, southern continent um, folklore, um, and I've certainly seen this figure. Um, I mean, I've I've seen her in Batman stories. She's she is a she is a folk creepy hmm. story oh, figure with um, yeah, not from not from my world, but well explored in uh, in a, in other media I've seen. Um, yeah, I, it, I'm distracted by something I was distracted by the first time we watched this, which is Reggie returning to like a high school version of himself. Oh, yes. And I, I just, I'm sort of wondering what they're playing with. I guess there's something to do with like his father dying and mm-hmm. not being happy in his relationship with Veronica. Yeah. There's such a mix of um, real life stakes and crazy ghost stakes going on at the same time. Um, I'm I'm trying to pick them apart, but I guess that's not really the story we're getting. Um, those go hand in hand, I guess. Um, Neil Gaiman theme. Not a cool Neil Gaiman. What does no, that even mean? I mean, someone watched Good Omens and knows it's knows it's competitive. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me about this place? Yeah, this is sort of, I mean, some of this is like very basic kind of couple stuff. Like, oh, I concealed something from you because I was worried it would accept you. And then your partner's upset and you're like, well, mm. see, you're upset. And then mm-hmm. your partner's like, well, no, I'm upset because you lied to me. I'm not upset because of the thing. Right. You weren't right. You didn't validate yourself. <laughs> you're just double bad now. Yeah. Now I know the thing and I'm upset. Hanged herself, not hung. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Also, so the murder house thing. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of, or I bumped into a lot of these stories where the murder house is, um, uh, sites, like, the, the, the haunting from the, the bad death comes in a lot. Um, I prefer the cryptid figures of storytelling. Okay. Um, I don't know the the mundane someone died here stories. They're they're a different scale of of spook or different type of spook. Well, I'm I'm also wrapping my head around all of these different scales of creepy side by side. 
You know, oh, there's, interesting. There's, there's yeah. Tabitha being low-key possessed to smash Jughead's head in, but coming back to herself in her own anger versus Tony stepping into the water as, as a monster figure. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's, there's sliding scales of ambiguity in reality. It's, it's wild. Yeah, and then this this is another kind of creep factor too of yeah of unexplained child murder minor murder of minor. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Something that I feel like Ari Aster plays with in his films. Who he did Midsommar and um, mm-hmm. Hereditary. Hereditary. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, is that the real horror is the stuff that happens in real life. Yes. And so, like, the death of a child here being the real horror. Yes. That is really actually very scary in real life. You don't need mm-hmm. La Llorona and, um, you know, to, to make that scary. Right. The experience is standalone sufficient horror. Yeah. We're, we're taking a real horror and putting it in a context where it is delivered magically. Yeah. But, and... yeah, that, that grief death is the horror we're circling around. Yeah, and then... Um, Such a strange shot, as they're making out at Pops. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's fun, but it's really quite... Like, there's no privacy where they are. There are better places to make out in your yeah. car. Oh, you know what? I didn't glom on exactly to the, the Reggie, Reggie being in high school mode. But seeing him again in his jacket and remembering that he's 25 and runs a dealership. Yeah, and, like, is giving the thumbs up mm-hmm. to these underage boys while he makes out with a the, woman. With their teacher. With their teacher, yeah, also that. And then here's another thing, is that there is kind of a horror hmm. associated with I'm living with someone who I maybe I don't know. That yes, yes. That does feel yes. a bit, like, that's yes. really actually scary. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of different types of fear crowned into this episode. Um... This this experiment gets interesting, more interesting to me with each watch. So I guess that's good. There's there is a lot of content in this five episode arc that um yeah I I don't have any clue where we're going. There are no rules or or limitations. So cool. Like she could have just smashed Jughead. We're there. Yeah. That would have rolled, and then he would have narrated the outro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is something I've never... I was saying to Ryan, this is something I've actually never really understood as someone who's lived with partners a couple of times now. I I never quite have understood the toothpaste cap fights. Right, the little bitty, the little bitty breaking points. Yeah, like I've been annoyed by... Mostly not much now that I think about it. <laughs> Maybe you're just very, um, very chill, Chloe. I think I just. You're think... a very chill roommate. I, I, I can say that from personal oh, experience. Oh, that's true. You have lived with me. We've lived together. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Um. <clears throat> Bella's not stupid. That's repetitive behaviors. I shouldn't paint myself in too good a light. Repetitive behaviors are you good enough? Doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> uh. This was one of those scenes where I had a very strong sense of these characters as no longer being in high school. Oh, yes. Um, yep. Even though 
like even though in your mid twenties you're adult, but yeah. you're you know there's still some stuff to go on. Yes. To go on. And they like they, they bring a few of those questions to head here. Reggie is dealing with his dad's dad at the end of his life, um, yeah. which is a very um, threshold thing for a lot of people between childhood and adulthood, whatever age it happens. Yeah. And um, yeah, Veronica's very functionally human. Veronica is very Hermione in this episode. She is. Yeah. She's very much in in a stronger situation of where and who her mom was at the beginning of season one, yeah. in and like vibe wise. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm a little distracted by this throwaway line Pop Tate has about what sounds like a horrible, <laughs> horrible death that happened in his kitchen. Oh, right. Where and there was an then riots. With a young girl, young waitress, with an accident with the deep fryer. What a way to die. Oh, my God. And I guess Pop... I mean, it, this was probably before Pop was the owner. It could be. The 80s were a long time ago now. By the way, Rudell Gang, if I suddenly have to shout, I will try not to do it in the direction of the mic. It's just that my cat is considering getting up somewhere where she knows she's not allowed to go. <laughs> and I can see her. Scheming. Pinch. Scheming. Pinch. She's even got her ears pricked back. Cats are terrible. Anyway, <laughs> this advice is kind of interesting. We've had a lot of over-the-phone advice from Hermosa. I kind of like Wait, we're talking to Hermosa. Doesn't she say Hermosa? Ah, I'm confused which family member we're talking to. I could be wrong. I totally thought that was a mom moment. Um, Yeah, which changes, I think, the weight of the advice. Of the quarter-life crisis? Yeah. I didn't catch if that was a sister or a mom. Ah. Um, Nice remembering that Betty is still at the FBI and that sometimes has duties, question mark? Yeah. Her office still basically looks like the blue and gold. But, um, (laughs) (sighs) they're spirits of unfettered feral motherhood. It's different versions of the legend. I would love to know what the speculations on the root of those legends are. Like, is it a misogynist root or is it, you know, when death in Mm -hmm. childbirth one and death of children? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, was a lot more common, broadly speaking. What did it come from feeling like there was a vengeful spirit out to get children? Right, right. And because of the association with childbirth, there was this motherhood Mm -hmm. dimension to it? I mean, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many dimensions of... The historical mother drowns her children out of desperation has been told in a lot of different... um, Seems to recur in human history a lot. Um, yeah. I I always look to it as sort of a story of, of um, I guess, not different from the Medea beat that I sort of think of the first story of things are so horrible that, that you and your children die. No, I guess in this, in this version, it's done to her very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was creepy. The adaptation of of these folk stories into into the contemporary world is is very interesting. Um, I guess that's why we're watching this episode. As yeah. I say, straightforwardly, blandly, bluntly, as Betty is um, touched with the wet hand. Yes. 
I I really like the costume they've got on La Llorona here. Yes, yes, the heavy veil. It's a really fun costume. The crown. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> yeah. I might be running out of new commentary, Chloe. I, okay. I feel like I'm 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 riding this this train now, but yeah. um. So, it's oh, so missing. contained. It's so contained, I can't even speculate. Missing Archie, that was a great beat. Yeah. We, so, he's still dead. Something I thought was interesting about this storyline mm-hmm. is that they it's not clear whether it's the ghosts mm. doing stuff to piss off Tabitha. Right. Or just Jughead. Or if it's just Jughead being clueless. Like, I wasn't clear. Right. Also, I... I um, it, I also thought it was cool that Jughead now had boundaries around who reads his early drafts. <laughs> yep, things that change. didn't have in high school, clearly, when he let Betty and he be codependent about everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, not letting anyone read your vomit drafts might be a growth moment. Yeah. And not betrayal. But yeah. I can see where everything Betty says a couple scenes from now hit directly at the vulnerable spots. Yeah. I also love that Veronica has this little moment where she likes the car for a sec. Yes. Yeah, she's pulled into it. I liked that. It was just a nice piece of acting, maybe? I don't know. No, it is. This this settling in moment, um, I, I don't know what kind of, um, I can't put my finger on what arcs and tropes Veronica is, is going to explore here. Yeah. And I, I I felt, when she sits in that car, there's a beat of, like, this is how you're going to look as, as a protagonist when we get to your story. Almost. Oh, yeah. That's maybe. what I got in that. Whatever whatever we're building to in her, her line of the story. Um, I'm excited to see here her completely in the, in the, in the paranormal steering position. Like, um, I, I'm excited for the spookiest Veronica. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see if Veronica's next. I think that would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Betty is tied into the overstory more than anything. Like, they let they let her just be Betty here. But, mm. we, you know, even ignoring this, um, you know, everyone's moved on from the Archie murder sacrifice. Sure, okay. Even aside from that, um, I really felt like Betty was exaggeratedly dissonance in that like we're still in a weird brain control ghost buddy i don't know yeah i have trouble accepting her agency in the choices and and things presented more than anyone else (laughs) making sense of her choices yeah um i liked this uh this moment a lot yeah i'm not 100 even even 100 sure why maybe it was just good entertainment it i definitely got good 90s horror vibes of the teacher carrying the axe through the hallway of running kids like this scene was they created a tension that wasn't dependent on anything but this moment and they they used some visuals that felt very on point to me yeah dr curdle journey is still still just the doctor still just the doctor instead of the mortician it's gonna be the primary difference between rivervale and riverdale is what does dr curdle jr do Wait, who is it that performs an autopsy? The the word the in my head coroner. is optometrist, and coroner. that's wrong. Okay, so what's the difference between um, a coroner and an undertaker? 
Um, undertaking undertaker refers to funerary services. Uh, so like I think from processing and burial. Um, whereas coroner would be a medical doctor specializing in autopsy and and such. Interesting. I yeah. thought they were. I'd be interested to know when those services sort of became synonymous. Mm, yeah. I guess I would imagine autopsy wasn't always common. Or maybe it is. Maybe this is, mm. like, just a normal feature of when people die for a lot of people. For a lot of cultures, excuse me. It certainly is in the last hundred years in in our Canadian Western norms. But, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's... I don't think it's necessarily a long-standing death norm to do an autopsy. That's um, something I would like to manifest in my life is a book about the history of death and burial. Um... In in this European tradition that I'm familiar, we need with. to hang out and watch Ask a Mortician sometime. Great yeah. YouTube series. Yeah, I do. Did you not? Everyone, go watch Ask a Mortician. She's amazing. She's she is uh the host. I forget her name. She run, she runs a funeral home, mm-hmm. and specializes in in all sorts of variant burial choices, um like non non uh, formaldehyde, non preserved options. Fascinating channel. Okay, I'm all into about it. death. In this, in in the vibe of celebrating death, gang, that we are sitting in. This is an interesting moment because mm-hmm. we all know that wellness checks are usually conducted by police, and they are usually bad. Do we all know that? Y'all, y'all want, might want to catch up on that, and uh, especially in Canada, there we we have a long-standing birth alert system that um, will mark uh, individuals who who are who child welfare get involved with from birth um, as being at risk and quite often removing their children at birth from indigenous uh, women and families based on this single birth alert and nothing else. It's horrifying. There's a lot of baby stealing happening all legally right now. Yeah. Um, I was a little worried that the social worker was going to blame her for having a wet baby on the floor. I'm glad we didn't go there. I don't necessarily... I, I, I'm comfortable enough with the, the desperate Tony plotline without her having to fight for her um, yeah. parents' rights. And the, the, look, the, the look that the social worker gave her was enough for me to like know what scene mm. was coming next. I didn't yeah. need to see it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, like in a, in a longer film telling just about Tony's story, that would absolutely mark a moment where she is without a safety net and security, right? When the system is suddenly against her. Protecting her child. Yeah. Like I think in a I think in a longer filmic telling of that story, we'd probably see attempts to take away the child and her having to intervene because there is a supernatural risk only she understands. Anyway. Speaking of uh, protecting children. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Veronica, for recognizing the things that y'all have done. Yeah. And that's, calling them out straight. Yeah, that's a tactic that. I think abusers of children use, you know, they gain a lot of trust and, you know, mm-hmm. the, I, the never did anything usually is a brave, broad category where something was done. It can be, yeah. certainly. I thought this scene was very quick. Yes, this, yes. This scene of, like... Death. Grief. My dad is dead. Yeah. It, um... It did read to me as very real in that, mm. um... There's something about casually dropping horrible life events into your otherwise fully scheduled day that feels very adult to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I can take half an hour off to go deal with this horrifying thing, etc. And then back yeah. to work. 
Back I, to the ghost's car. So this is the kind of thing I kind of love in stories when mm. we've seen a series of events and they get linked. Mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of thing. So that was this this little <laughs> moment was fun for me. Yes. With the, with the map out and then making a plan. The pattern, the geography. Yeah. Tony and Fangs is a parent. Parents. Fangs. Fangs. Fangs gets to dad. Fangs gets to. We, he doesn't do we don't get to focus on dad. Fangs. Listen, I want to see more from the gay men on this show. I'm so over this Riverdale. Yes, gay and bi men, all of them. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I didn't mean to uh, yeah. tell you, Fangs. <laughs> My bad. We're working on it. We've got queer families now, at least. Me too. Good start. Good start. Um. Everything's in order. I did, I, uh, the past scene still, where my head is, I did take them at face value that the baby would be fine in a room full of serpents. And yeah. and, and I was comfortably hooked into the horror trope of, uh-oh, nope. Yeah. These 50 people are drowned now. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> I, yeah. Escalation. In retrospect, that was a surprise for me as well. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to go there and make it a town-sized crisis. But... They did, and that worked for the the size of Tony's emotional story here for me. Thanks, Ronnie. I like it. Mm. Uh, getting good gifts when depressed and sad. Yeah. It's rough. It's a weird way of showing love when someone is grieving to give them a car. Now, having just destroyed his car, I can understand. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's not helpful. I really enjoyed this scene. Yes. I know it was very, very tropey, but I really was into it. You know, we, we we sat in the world norm of, yep, Cheryl does ghost stuff now. Yeah. And Tony is signing into this and Betty is signing into this. And it's like, it's it sets the normal of this world for me. Yeah. But this is within the realm of normal. And I love Nana Rose being the voice and like oh, yes. all this water from her mouth. That was fantastic. That was really fun for me. Yeah. Possessing Nana Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, neat effect. And again, a surprise. Um, there's a density of horror tropes coming in from all over, all over into these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like noticing it again... There's there's so many, um, it's a novel arrangement of pieces in a way a lot of our genre pieces have not been. Yeah. Martha Mallon, character in any mm-hmm. of the Archie universe? Not to the best of my knowledge, okay. but um, that's an alliterative M, so I wouldn't be shocked. Um, should go digging sometime. Minerva was uh, a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mrs. Burble. Not circled back to Minerva. Probably best for Minerva. <laughs> yeah, probably is best for Minerva. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that actor got some good work elsewhere and is busy. <laughs> Wait a stand. Character of Minerva rocks. can be fine. Yeah, I thought I thought the sequence was really fun. I love a good possession. Mm-hmm. I I felt um the the comfort level I achieved in mid season Sabrina with the weird stuff. This scene was yeah. a good benchmark. Yeah. Nana just spitting, spitting drown water. Yeah. <laughs> this must have been a funny scene to shoot. <laughs> Keep taking sips and gag. Yeah. 
Son's grave. Dollar uh, Dickinson. Like, oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. Nana's Nana's such a neat head witch. Yeah, she's cool. I like Nana. I. We could afford yeah. to spend a little more time with Nana. It's interesting that these bottles come home full. Uh, yeah, it's a choice for someone with a major addictions recovery plan, um, and a budget. Evidently. A budget? It's a lot of scotch to pour out. So what I loved about, truly, what I loved about her acting here is that mm. being drunk when you're not drunk is actually pretty hard. Right, right. And, like, obviously she's a trained actor. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just thought it was really good. I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I agree. She, she played the angry and let herself be, um put the drunk limits on her performance fantastically that I feel like this is a this is a Tabitha losing control yeah I liked it I thought this scene was great mm-hmm, mm-hmm I agree it was um this feels very climactic to me in their in their supernatural story um and I like that there's nothing even in the in the arc of the episode this is such a big beat and this is the least proven supernatural thing like we 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 end not really sure if it, what's com- what's happening to them yeah. and what's them and what's the apartment and what's not yeah there's a great episode like this where an apartment is kind of out to get cordelia in angel oh, yeah. actually and the apartment almost kills her mm-hmm. it's a pretty creepy episode actually um yeah, oh man, I love a good couples fight in a show, to be honest. I'm always a little bit thrown off by doing violence to favorite items because that's Yeah. That's messy, messy. and that that's a note of abuse. But um but this is this is a big conflict. This is a big blow up. And it it happens together. They both blow up here. Yeah. Yeah, there's the one maybe 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 supernatural moment seeing her reflection of someone else yeah hmm yeah and I, I felt like the scene did a good job of sort of capturing what it's like when you're with a partner and it's just the two of you and you can't see the outside of the situation mm. and you get really whipped up mm. and sometimes you say or do things that you really regret and mm-hmm. and then you're then you suddenly come down from them like really really suddenly right snaps also, back to reality weird, like weirdly placed i love you i maybe we're not being very open-minded ryan and i but we both feel it's odd not to have said i love yous before living together yes yes i i i don't think i want to move in with my dating buddy yeah <laughs> that seems it seems it's a heck of a commitment yeah, like the commission feels so well. There's your other supernatural moment. Oh yes, thank you. I'd forgotten about that. The door closing. What's oh. that? It is a shame about the smash up. The ghosts are leaving. It reminds me a re- a little of uh, just in case no one has seen Little Women. I'm not going to ruin mm. this for them. <laughs> but it reminds me of a little of the scene in Little Women where one sister does something very mean to the other sister's writing. Mm-hmm. Darla Dickinson has got some good recurrences here. Like yeah. this actor must have impressed them on set. Is mm-hmm. what is is all I can think of. She must be 
a rolling favorite to play with. Yeah, truly. Um, she does turn up a lot. And they use her ridiculously and hyperbolically, and and I love it. I've accepted her as a Riverdale regular. Oh, yeah. With her decreasing number of gang children. There were three, right? Originally? There were two that she kind of hung with yeah. in the beginning. Two were dead. At least. Yeah. But I forget how they all died. What? Yeah. That was two seasons ago. Yeah. Or was there <laughs> one that they came looking for? Her and two of his brothers? There was definitely a vengeance thing holding down the Thanksgiving with Mary Andrews pulling a gun. Yeah. That happened. That happened. That. Yes. I thought one uh, of them just got beat up and didn't die. Or maybe he died later. I don't know. Well, apparently they're all dead now. Yes. It would it would seem that's the standard we've hit. Yes. Um. So uh, the hoods and standing in the rain. Nothing is necessary about the setup of this scene, but it's super beautiful, dramatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. My cats are being cute, Riverdale gang. One of my cats <laughs> is wrapped around my arm. The other cat has turned herself into a loaf on the table. And not jumped on anything inappropriate yet. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, La Llorona, a storm you've never seen before, not unlike the storm we have experienced in British Columbia. Oh yeah, I'm back in Vancouver, thankfully. Yeah. No thanks to the highways that still don't exist. Oh man, a couple of them are back up. A couple of them, but like one lane partway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thanks is still alive, and um, this ghost woman has trashed a bar full of people. Which is probably going to do a lot for her cred. Yeah. I will say, every one of these people is going to have a creepy story about the, the ghost water woman. Yeah. Who took their baby. Oh, so with Tony gone, is Kevin going to step in as second parental figure? Oh, I wonder. They did mention him briefly in the, like, did Kevin call social services? Which is weird. I, I mean, yeah. I guess it was a really bad breakup. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I mean that. It, to be fair, it that's a re, that's a common impulse of like, what, who, what. At least in that storytelling. Um, yeah, our first real fight. You know, I've come to the realization over the years that fighting is actually really good for couples. Mm. Instead of letting everything simmer under the surface. Like resolving conflict instead of burying it. Yeah, I mean, so long as there's like a resolution on the other side of the fight, obviously. Yeah. But. Hmm. Kind of sweet, a bit. <laughs> so, breaking everything is now our way to chase ghosts off. Well... I like it. I definitely <laughs> heard of, like, opening certain parts of houses to let ghosts out. That's mm. something I've heard of. Mm-hmm. I love that the ghost gets back in somehow. Yes. This yeah. ghost. Yeah, the, go- the ghost in the car is the ghost in the car. It's not about the car. Reggie yeah. is haunted. That is, yeah, yeah. This was such this was such a solidly done closing scene for mm. that beat. Um, also, I, this place I is so familiar. This is what all <laughs> of BC looks like. This shot. Yeah, this this could be the edge of so many waters around us, and it looks like all the waters around us. Yeah, especially with those timbers sticking out. Mm. Anyway. And, I, yeah, I don't have much to say about the super dramatic Tony end of the film speech. 
because she does it and it works yeah. and then she's super powered monster net creature it's, it's great i yep it yeah. wraps it up this episode this is an incredible choice for tony i'm yeah i i wonder if this means she's gone permanently i hope not i like Ugh, this character i'd be shocked but if she is gone permanently what a fantastic end I would be so shocked if they would let the character leave by becoming a ghost in a pseudo sidebar episode. But Riverdale does weird things. Yeah, sure does. I want Superpower Ghost Tony to come right back next episode and be a player. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> if, and if she's trying to escape and get back to Anthony somehow. Or even just like Cheryl calls in a favor from her ghost ex. Ah. So many ways for that to grow. That's, that's true. Betty is so nonplussed. Or if Cheryl wants Ghost Tony to figure out how to talk to Jason somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's now an effigy of death, and Jason was technically a child who died. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. This is fun. Lovely, lovely horror shot of the, 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 the sitting in the relationship. He's oh, got the so passions dramatic. of the ghost. And he's like, oh my god. <laughs> Things that happen around you in Rivervale. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. This town's going to fall apart without her. And she walks into the... That's true! <laughs> Tony is like a core organizer of every institution in this place. Yeah. But yeah, okay. This is normal now. This is where we are. Hi, Rivervale. Hi, mm. creepy Jughead. Yeah. <sighs> Narrator Jughead just sort of sauntering along, having a sarcastic tone in his voice. It's very kind of like... What's his name? <sighs> Vinyl Cafe, but... Oh, Stuart McLean. Stuart yeah, McLean. Yeah, yeah, but, but creepy. Yeah. Well, that was another episode of Riverdale. River Vale. River Vale, in fact. Okay, so I was I, I, I feel underwhelmed as a commentary person, but I was perfectly happy with that episode. I enjoyed it. Sure. I enjoyed it. I watched it. It was complete. It felt like an extraction from an unknown season. Um, I accept it. I don't know how any of it's going to fit together, but I was entertained. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I was entertained... Yep. Mm-hmm. Entertained and a bit confused. Entertained and a bit confused. Um, I'm enjoying picking up the folk folklore and the ghost stories and picking those apart. And it not just being all film reference. Yeah, that We're, is fun. I yeah, agree. There's some fresh literary territory that's flaring up, which I guess we've done before. You know, we've lived in that entire season of prep school book reference. That's true. But, uh, yeah. Three more episodes of Rivervale uh, before the year is out, before the solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm comfortably curious and ready to watch. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's all I got to I say. It's like, what's going to happen next week? I don't know. We're on this ride with you, gang. Who knows? All right, well, I think that's all we got. Till next week. Till next week, Riverdale, Rivervale, gang. Come back. Bye. See you soon.